Amplify Music Communities is a global continuation of our Amplify Music Conference, where we take a journey around the world to take a look within various music ecosystems of various cities, regions, states, and countries. We'll hear what's happening at the ground level from leaders in these communities. Today, we're going to visit with three, three leaders from the great city of New Orleans, or New Orleans, if you're from around there, um, for which... Uh, uh, I've noticed that the city's tagline is 24-7 since 1718, and, and, and having been there quite a bit, um, I can attest to that, uh, and I, as I'm sure these folks would. But uh, with us for this session are Reed Wick, Senior Membership and Project Manager at the Recording Academy, Rachel Shields, who is Chief of Staff at Greater New Orleans, Inc., and Raj Smoove, who is the greatest DJ in the world. And I'm not kidding. That's a that's a title that comes from an expert on the topic. That would be Lil Wayne. So we'll give that to him. Um, uh, we're we're so fortunate to have these folks with us. And let's start by talking with each of them about their area of music and what organizations they're a part of or working with, and uh, and what communities they're a part of there in New Orleans. So so let's start with Reed. Reed, tell us about what your roles are from that aspect. Hey, Storm, great to see you again. And uh, thank you for having us in spotlighting New Orleans. It's always uh, important to us to be able to tell our story. Um, so as you mentioned, I do serve uh, in the membership and industry relations department uh, with the Recording Academy, which is the Grammy organization, for those who don't know. Um, and I am a lifelong musician. Uh, been playing with the same R&B band here in New Orleans for 27 years and several groups before that. And, uh, and I'm proud that my fellow panelists are also local musicians as well as business people in the community. So it's great to be in this great company. Um, you know, I wear a different hat every day, which is one of the cool things about the job. You know, right now we're in the middle of Grammy entry season. So working with members to make sure that they get their recordings entered in. Uh, we just wrapped up a really pretty intense advocacy and public policy season here in Louisiana that I know we'll get into a little bit later. Um, I also, have the pleasure of serving with these folks on the New Orleans Music Economy Initiative, uh, which is an initiative that Greater New Orleans Inc. Um, is working on that Rachel will talk about a little bit more later. And, you know, get to uh, also get to serve uh, on the board of directors of Folk Alliance International, which held their last in-person conference in New Orleans right before the pandemic broke. Um, and, you know, just get to participate in a lot of uh, activities related to really promoting the music industry, both here in New Orleans and across the state and across the five region, five states region that I serve for the Academy. Uh, so it's it's an exciting job. Uh, it's exciting to be able to work with a lot of great people and, um, you know, happy to be here. Fantastic. Thank you, Reed. And uh, welcome, Rachel. Hey there. Thanks so much, Storm. Hey, Reed and Raj. Great to see you guys on the big screen. Uh, well, as Storm mentioned, I am the Chief of Staff of Greater New Orleans, Inc., which is the economic development or, uh, organization for the Southeast region of Louisiana. And Greater New Orleans, Inc. created a couple of years ago with the help um, of the folks you see here on the screen, 
created an initiative called NOME, or that we call NOME, as Reed mentioned. That's the New Orleans Music Economy Initiative. And we created NOME um, really to create a music business ecosystem here in the greater New Orleans area that allows our artists and musicians to thrive and grow and remain in New Orleans if they wish to do that. And we do that through creating jobs and wealth and really creating this robust music ecosystem here. So it's a really interesting opportunity for an economic development organization and economic development uh, professionals to really look at the music economy as um, a robust economic development engine. It's the first time um, that an organization like ours has really undertaken an effort like this um, down here in New Orleans. And uh, we're really excited about the opportunities it presents for us in the future. Awesome. Thank you, Rachel. And Raj, I know I introduced you as the greatest DJ in the world, but I also know there are a lot more hats than just DJing that you're wearing. So please tell us all about that. Um, so yeah, I've been DJing uh, since the eighth grade. So been about three decades now. And um, I also produce, um, I'm a studio engineer. I have a studio um, that I'm in now uh, working from. Uh, I work with a lot of artists as far as, you know, with management, booking. Um, I have a creative creative agency called the Gentilly Agency. I have a, a company called Genrise, which is a collaborative with um, another organization called Moonrise Entertainment that I've started working with um, since the pandemic. Um, also, you know, a uh, proud member of Gnome and trying to really help the New Orleans music community uh, to generate some income and some wealth and get some outside dollars into the city. So, you know, it's, it's been a fun time and, um, I, I must say I've been enjoying every day of my career. <laughs> mm. Fantastic. <laughs> what I love. It's not really working, is it? it, it well, sometimes it can feel like work. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not. Yes. The, the, the love for it definitely, um, outweighs it and, and, and gets it through those, those times. Yeah. Well, great. Well, all right. Thank you all for, for sharing with us your various roles. And I'm going to jump right in here and, and, and put you on the spot to think about the short term. And I realize that as we sit here today, uh, we, we know that the, uh, the pandemic has not gone away. And uh, it, especially in the past few days, we've seen it there in that community, I know, uh, and that state. Uh, but Thinking about the rest of 2021, um, and as a result of those, the, the pandemic itself, how how will the rest of 2021, thinking short term, how will it look different for this community than it did in 2019, for instance, pre-pandemic? How will we look different here in New Orleans? Um, I'll let I'll let anyone jump in, and I'll, I'll start by saying. Uh... It's kind of a flip-flop for us because our major festival season is usually in the spring. So French Quarter Fest, Jazz Fest, a lot, Buku Fest, a lot of these festivals. And what's interesting is that um, we really are the festival capital of the world. And we have festivals that celebrate everything under the sun. Some are gigantic like Jazz Fest and French Quarter Fest. Some are more regional or, or very localized. But we celebrate every kind of music here in different ways, you know. So, but because of the pandemic and everybody not being able to do their festivals both in 2020 and 2021 in the spring, October is like festival, a mashup of all these festivals in like one month. And so the short term for us is that we're all trying to, one, we're all hoping that 
none of that gets shut down with the aforementioned uh, resurgence of the COVID pandemic. But we're hoping that uh, our community can really rally and uh, and be ready to take advantage of the tourists and the opportunities to play music and sell your merchandise and and really be ready for what will be an unprecedented October as far as festivals go. And, you know, for the live music scene, it really is sort of the crown jewel of what we have here is, is the festivals. Mm-hmm. Storm, I'll jump in there too. And really piggybacking off of what Reed said, it's it's really interesting to see, you know, from the consumer side and from the artist side as well, we've been locked up for quite a long time and unable to really enjoy um, all of the really unique aspects that music in New Orleans brings um, to the consumer base. And so, you know, after so long um, of missing these things and having only recordings um, and things that we see on TV and streaming online to really enjoy, there really is a renewed sense of urgency to support the music community in New Orleans. And there's a renewed sense of attention um, on the music community in New Orleans. And that's, again, on both the consumer and the artist side. Artists are hungry to get out um, and and continue their craft and entertain people in the way that they would like to, in a way that you can only do in New Orleans. And consumers from New Orleans um, and abroad, from externally from New Orleans and Louisiana as well, um, are just hungry to to really take all of that in and return to some semblance um, of remembering New Orleans and experiencing New Orleans music and culture um, the way we used to and in new ways as well. So I see that um, as a, a really good theme for the rest of 2021. Again, if we're allowed to do so, if this pandemic um, starts to curb itself and allow us to continue moving in this direction, um, we definitely see an upside with this renewed sense of urgency um, and attention on music in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And also on the artist side, a, a lot of the creatives throughout the, the pandemic and the quarantine have, have pulled together and had an opportunity to really talk and, and, and work on their content, work on their catalog, work on their craft. So I, I think there's been a lot of material that has been released during the pandemic, um, but the this, this sense of community and camaraderie that has developed, I think is gonna the cause the, the, the quality of the releases to really kind of like skyrocket. Like I feel we're kind of at a, a tipping point as far as with the the artists are concerned, um, you know, it's only going to take like two or three records to to make it from out of here, and then I, I think we really will be on the the verge of a gold rush in the city. Mm-hmm. Gold rush, I love it, I love it. Well, let's platinum think. Rush. Let's go for oh, a platinum rush. Go ahead, Reed. <laughs> platinum. <laughs> rush. <Let's go> for <laughs> platinum. <laughs> platinum. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks for adding that. Um, well, okay, now let's think longer term. I'm going to ask you to put on your, you know, get out the crystal ball or whatever and think longer term now, past 2021. And, and let's focus on the positive too. What do you think will be the successes or the boosts or the obstacles that will be removed that make the biggest difference in your community beyond 2021? Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll ask that of all of you. And anyone have a, a, an opinion on that? Sure. I'll jump in there first. Um, And you guys, I know that Reed and Raj will really repeat um, what I'm saying. We've been working on this for so long together now. Um, And these guys are are, are masters of this universe and really go back many, many years and can talk about it um, in, in a much more broader sense than I can. But from a gnome perspective with the New Orleans music economy 
initiative, um, really thinking about things like policy development. We've had some successes during our last legislative session in terms of um, improving access and accessibility to some of these tax incentives for music production. From a policy standpoint, um, we've made some good strides. We still have a lot of work to do, but that's definitely a, a positive light um, for Louisiana. On the business development side, um, from a known perspective, again, really focusing on attracting new businesses, growing the music businesses that are already here, and really helping to um, inspire aspiring entrepreneurs um, and give them that path, um, that career path and that opportunity um, to go into the music business here in New Orleans, not in other major cities, but right here, um, having that mentorship, having those pathways created for them um, to really flourish um, and start new businesses is really um, a high priority of ours as well, as well as really marketing what we have here already. We actually do have a music ecosystem here in the New Orleans area um, and being able to market that, showing the rest of New Orleans, the rest of Louisiana, the nation, and the world, um, that New Orleans is a place ripe for investment in the music business ecosystem here. Those are going to be our challenges, um, but those are things that we definitely have the expertise with folks like Reed and Raj and other partners that we're working with on Gnome to bring that to fruition. So it's definitely a priority pathway for economic development. Yeah, and you I know, think, oh, go ahead, Reed, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to okay. say, just kind of follow up on Rachel's point there. You know, from that biz dev standpoint, we truly now, after many years of a lot of us working on public policy, we have truly the best or the most lucrative set of incentives in Louisiana to grow the music industry in a variety of ways. Um, you know, it really started with the film incentives that go back to 2002. And in 2005, we looked at what was a budding successful film program uh, which lured a lot of the big Hollywood productions to Louisiana and helped build the below-the-line infrastructure primarily, you know, the, the worker bees in the film industry. And we started thinking early on about how do we do something similar for the music side, and it really manifests itself as a sound recording incentive, which we did improve a little bit this year as well, but it's been on the book since 2005. And then as a post-Katrina kind of thing, was what was an originally an attempt to rebuild some of the grand theaters downtown they created what uh they originally called um broadway south which really not only gave some dollars to actually rebuild the physical infrastructure but also incentivized these big broadway plays to rehearse and launch from new orleans and our industry quickly learned that we could apply the same incentives to big touring acts so we've had everybody from Taylor Swift to the Blue Man Group to Circus Delay all rehearse, do the techs, you know, tech rehearsals and launch their tours from here. And so there's this major touring incentive. And then really the game changer is the most recent set of incentives that we've passed, which are probably the, some of the only ones of its kind geared towards the music industry, which is those other incentives are project based, you know. Taylor Swift comes, spends six weeks, rehearses her tour, launches it from here, gets her incentives and leaves. Same with a big recording project. Dave Matthews came here, spent six weeks, made a record that wound up being nominated for album of the year in the Grammys, right? But at the end of six weeks, he collected his incentives and left. This new incentive, which we kind of call the quality jobs, quality music company program is a quality jobs program. It's really geared towards full-time jobs in the music industry. And that's the real 
economic development teeth that Rachel and GNO Inc. team can really use to go out and lure the companies here. In addition to things like cost of living, talent pool, uh, I mean, all the other kind of things that you'd use to lure any company here. Um, what we have that most places don't is that we have just this never ending pool of talent and uh, both music talent and similar to what you have in Denver with your program, you know, we have several music industry programs here in, in the New Orleans area that are graduating kids that want to work in this industry. And traditionally they've had to leave, but now that we have companies like what Raj is starting up and the kind of companies that Rachel's talking about, we have an opportunity for them to stay here and either become entrepreneurs or become entry level um, folks at these companies that we can either help grow or move or, or expand into New Orleans. So, mm. so the real future is there. And, you know, and looking at the economic data when already 50 states of music says that we have the music industry has a $1.2 billion impact on the GDP of Louisiana and already has like 30,000 jobs in the industry. And Goldman Sachs says that this industry is going to double in the next 10 years in value. So that's our real opportunities there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Raj, did you have something to add? Well, yeah, you know, from the, from the artist standpoint, you know, one thing that we've been very focused on is intellectual property. Um, Cause that is a, a consistent source of revenue and there are a lot of artists here who have you know kind of uh graduated to be kind of those those mid-tier artists that have been able to get placements in movies and on major album releases and you know we have artists like pj morton you know who's moved back and you know he's won two grammys and you know he's employing people here oh three i'm sorry three grammys uh you know he just opened his studio here um you know, there, there's an opportunity for us to increase our our star potential with. So it's not just a, a, a pool of local talent. Like we actually have local stars that create some gravity to bring in those national companies that, you know, Rachel and Reed are talking about um, to entice them to, to set up shop because it, it, it shows that there is revenue being created and produced in our city so that. Uh, you know, lawyers feel like they can make a living in entertainment law if they come down to New Orleans, that we have publishing companies that feel like there's enough uh, material and content here that they will be able to license where it makes sense for them to open up an office here. So, you know, generating that revenue from outside and bringing it into the city, I think is one of the uh, the, the longer term things that we're actually seeing um, progress towards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to follow up on that, you know, while our our friends in Austin have long claimed to be the live music capital of the world, I know several of those people personally, and I think most of them will agree that New Orleans is really the live music capital mm-hmm. of the world. Mm-hmm. And that's a good and bad thing, right? And I kind of call it the Friday night gig mentality that so many of our artists are only focused on the live music aspect of things. And one of the things with the known program, what we all feel strongly about with regard to intellectual property is how can we empower our local artists to really put more of a focus on writing the best songs that they can? And then what we can do as Gnome is how do we put them in front of the people that can, you know, put that those that intellectual property into commerce, that we can have more of that money flowing into their pockets so that they can create that mailbox money and that they don't have to live gig to gig, which is kind of what the pandemic really put a hurt on us because the folks in town who didn't, 
get hurt as much financially are the ones who already had that IP focus going and they were generating income whether they were playing gigs or not. And it's the ones who were live gig to gig in the clubs and when the clubs were shut down, you know, so we really want to create this sustainable ecosystem that people can generate all the different, you know, can generate income from all the various income streams that are out there. And, um, you know, one of the things that GNO Inc. has been super successful at is bringing in these tech companies, including a lot of the game manufacturers. And it's like, so when we look at the various, we love using Rachel's term, verticals that already exist in this creative space, how do we blend these into where they're all working in conjunction with each other? And, and that's part of the big picture is like, what we see is like, how can we further that collaborative kind of vibe so that the, the movie people, the advertising people, the gamers can all look at their local music creators to actually use their music instead of going out to LA or New York and hiring these, um, you know, uh, you know, work for hire composers and stuff. So, mm-hmm. well, it's, you all touched upon the artists in, in your in your comments and and uh, let's do talk specifically about the artists and creators in your community. What programs or initiatives in this year are going to directly support their resilience from this pandemic? Do you have any that, that you haven't mentioned already? Are there any programs or initiatives that are going to boost them through this? Well, I mean, there's been some that have just been life saving, like. Uh... Well, I mean, to brag a little bit, you know, Music Harris has been super successful at put, getting monies in people's hands. But locally, you know, the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Foundation has helped a lot of people. Uh, there's been a whole bunch of these, like, you know, different organizations, some big, some small, just finding ways to raise money. Um, there's some interesting ones that popped up. For instance, uh, my band just played the live from the funky uncle which is this mardi gras crew called tux that does the mardi gras parades and they literally set up like in their den where they keep all the floats and set up a a a stage and a camera setup and now and have done like 80 shows and they've raised four hundred and thirty thousand dollars to put in the hands of not only the musicians but also the crews and things like that and so when you see these people rally who aren't even in the music industry they just love music when you see these people rally around what they see as our natural treasure, our musicians and our music creators, it's just heartwarming to know that people really care about it that much that they'll literally carve out enormous times of their, you know, enormous chunks of their time and their dollars to make it, you know, happen. And Raj and Rachel, I'm sure y'all have seen other similar yeah. kind of things spring up too, you know? Yeah, the, um, the mayor's office of cultural economy um, with everything being shut down and kind of moving into the streaming world, um, the cultural economy office here um, helped to create a platform for artists to, you know, still be able to perform, you know, live over stream and, you know, was able to, to service them with, you know, some small stipends, uh, you know, just to kind of help cushion the blow of the pandemic, you know, as like every little bit helps, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that also, you know, kind of helped me to be able to pivot into, uh, you know, event production, um, and also to connect some more of those, those dots, because, you know, we had to find some venues for those streaming events to happen at, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, the house of blues and Fillmore live nation, um, were gracious enough to allow local artists to come in and perform with the support of the city 
And that spawned some other streaming cities, um, some other streaming series that have, um, you know, garnered a lot of attention for artists from the city. So like, even though the, the, the venues weren't open to the public, people could still connect with their fans and make new fans and, uh, you know, hopefully create different sources of revenue that they didn't have previously. Mm-hmm. That's, that's super interesting because we know, you know, artists and musicians themselves were among the hardest hit um, of any industry sector um, and any worker or employee um, or, or business owner out there um, across the nation, not just across the nation, but really across the globe. And so when we think about the gig economy and New Orleans having one of the largest gig economies um, in the entirety of the United States here, um, this is a significant impact um, on, on our musicians and our artists here. So all of those new pathways, when we talk about new uses of technology, new uses of live music venues, um, new uses and ways of streaming music and connecting with fans, all of those things that artists and musicians were able to be creative about, think outside of the box on um, and collaborate with each other on um, have really been just really incredible and outstanding and, and says a lot for the future of the resiliency of our artists and musicians. And so, um, that being said, a lot of the things that Gnome um, and Reed and Raj and other partners here are helping us do um, really will be a huge part in creating that resilience, creating that mailbox money so that when things like this do interrupt our economy um, and the ways in which we do business, um, we are a much more resilient economy. And so the last thing I'll p- uh, point out in terms of um, sustainability and being able to help support that gig economy here um, on the heels of the pandemic is the federal program, the Shuttered venues um, uh, program um, that rolled out, I want to say almost $8 billion in revenue um, across the nation, but 107 or 108 million of that um, has come to Louisiana alone. And so that will be um, another boon or is another boon in the pockets of our live music venues and other venues to really kind of kickstart what we call festival season down here in New Orleans uh, and really reigniting what we've not been able to do over the last almost two years. Yeah. You know, I think a silver lining that I've kind of noticed both at the city level and the state level is, I mean, realistically, tourism is the number one industry in New Orleans, and it's the number three employer in the state of Louisiana. And, you know, unfortunately, it's been the tourism folks that almost wagon the tail of the music industry. And I've always argued that it's the other way around. You know, it's really the music and the food and things that drive tourism. It's not the other way around. It's not tourism that drives music. Like without music here, you would have no tourism. Mm -hmm. And so I think that 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 sort of flipping of the reality has has come to to the point where the politicians in Baton Rouge this year, when you talk about music and they realize, oh, you know, the people in my local community, you know, they aren't, the tourism dollars aren't coming through and it really is a you know, it's affecting the musicians, but it's because there's no music and things like that that also, you know, I think it's really shined a spotlight on how important music is to the rest of that part of the economy, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for us as Gnome and the other kinds of organizations that really are pushing music, I think it's incumbent upon us to make sure that we maintain that message that this is how important this is to our economy. And that's been one of my goals forever is You know, I've always seen us as uh, an industry that's been taken for granted because for anybody who really knows anything about New Orleans, music music has been integral to life in New Orleans 
for the entire 300 plus years that the city's been here, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we say that we're born to music, we're married to music, we're buried to music. I mean, it's always been here. So it's easy to take it for granted. And because, I mean, everybody on this call knows music, the industry is often seen or not seen. That's the problem. It's an invisible industry in a lot of ways because everybody can identify with the person on the stage, but they don't realize is that for that one person on the stage, there may be a hundred people behind the scenes that are making that show happen. And so you really have to talk in terms of that economic impact and the jobs that are affected one way or the other, positively or negatively. And I think that that's where we've seen organizations like Neva come up, which pushed for the SVOG that Rachel was just referring to and things like that. Those are the kind of things I think that have really opened the eyes to a lot of people that this really is a huge industry that's right on our, that's been under our nose for a long time. And they haven't really seen it as an industry that has an equal seat at the table, which is why Rachel and Raj can tell you when we first got GNO Inc. to kind of take Gnome on as a project, we sat in their conference room in this beautiful office that they have and said, we've already won because we finally are sitting here with GNO Inc. and they're taking us seriously as an industry to promote just like tech and agriculture and shipping and you know transportation, all the other things that they support in their various uh, business sectors. And to be accepted as a legitimate business sector is already a win for us in a lot of ways. And so now it's just like the last three or four years that we've been working together, it's just like, of course, the pandemic put a big roadblock in the middle of all of that. But as Rachel was saying earlier, I think that this festival season coming up, the people that will be coming in, the opportunity for us to really talk about how important this is, is like right in front of us. And we're ready to go grab it and run. And and uh, thank you, Reed. And, and let's come back to that government piece you mentioned, the policy piece here in a few minutes. Uh, I want to explore that a little more. But sure. uh, and, and Rachel mentioned a sort of a two year window. And let's take a trip back to 2019. What issues existed then in the music e ecosystem there in New Orleans that still need to be addressed post pandemic? So pre pandemic issues that existed that are still here with us. Mm -hmm. Any of those? I'll open that Yeah, to there are um, still some of those. And I'll tell you, um, really looking at, um, you know, kind of building um, a business economy um, through a new sector from an economic development perspective can take a really long time and can be a lot of really hard work. For example, we've had, um, you know, many, many studies um, uh, on the, business impact of the music economy here in the greater New Orleans area that have sat on shelves and that have just taken on dust for a really long time. Um, and part of that is because, um, you know, our, our, our music business economy has been very fractured in the past. Um, we do have a music business economy here, but all of those pieces and parts don't always play together very well um, and can be very, very fragmented at times. And so that was one of the things that Gnome decided to tackle up front um, when we um, worked with these guys um, and really put together the strategy, which can be found, by the way, at nolamusic.biz. Again, that's nolamusic.biz. You can go online and take a look at our strategy there. Um, but you can see some of those pieces and parts um, listed in that strategy there that have come to fruition, some of them, and some of them have a long way to go. There's a lot of work to be done. Um, but one of the most, I think, important um, aspects of that strategy 
for Gnome is really creating that music hub, creating this sort of music village, if you will, where creatives can come together and network together and work together, where businesses, um, the financial side, the legal side, the production side, all of those entities can come together and find a home in one place um, and collaborate with like-minded individuals in the same um, sort of ecosystem, where education partners, um, our higher ed institutions and all of our nonprofit institutions that are providing um, all kinds of music education um, can come together um, and find each other and work together, where um, external um, you know, artists um, who don't live or normally work in Louisiana or in New Orleans can come here and find a home here and connect with other music business professionals here, and where entrepreneurs um, can find that mentorship and can find all of those pieces and parts to help them begin to learn how to monetize their music um, in various different ways. Building that hub, whether that's a physical space, um, whether that's um, uh, a digital space, building those music hubs um, is one of those pieces in our strategy um, that we're desperately working on with our partners. We've made a lot of headway um, in identifying some pathways and avenues to help us get there. It's just one of those things that takes a lot of time, a lot of money, um, and a lot of opportunity to, to really get it right because we've got one shot, absolutely one shot at this. Um, and together we want to make sure that uh, we do it right in a way that is resilient and lasting that really can be that sort of hub and spoke um, for, for developing our music environment here. Okay. Thank you. Anyone else? That's why we love Rachel. She knows how to fill it out really well. Yeah, I was going to say, very well said, Rachel. Um, well, I've learned, I've learned from the best. You know, I'm an economic developer, and, and and I like to say sometimes that you know, in economic development, we're not experts at anything. What we are experts are um, at are finding the right people with the right expertise, bringing them to the table, um, and and facilitating that conversation to get us um, to what's next. And that's what Gnome has been able to do with Raj and with Reed and the other GNOME steering committee members, we've been able to pull together all of those experts who have been doing this for decades and who understand where the issues are and how to make them work. And together, um, we've really been able to create something very, very special. So it's me who thanks you, Reed and Raj. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, my next question is literally, what new organizations or businesses have emerged since the beginning of 2020? And uh, Rachel, I want to talk about Gnome. We, we've referred to it several times in this conversation, and I understand that it actually started a little before the pandemic. But could, so, could you tell us about the origins of Gnome and 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 when it did start, and and really the overarching uh, strategies behind it? Yeah, sure. Um, I guess if it's been about three years ago now, um, you know. Several members of our now GNOME steering committee um, came to Gina Wing, just like Reed mentioned, um, and said, you know, we've got a real opportunity here um, to really look at the music business in New Orleans um, as an economic driver for greater New Orleans. We've had these conversations for a number of years, um, but it's now time to really turn that corner and put action um, and revenue and resources um, to really creating this. Because, you know, while New Orleans is known as one of the creative talent pools in all the world, arguably one of the deepest pools of talent in all the world, um, you know, 
other major metro areas are eating our lunch when it comes to the business side of music. And we're talking about LA and Austin and Nashville um, and other parts of the world. They're eating our lunch um, and they're poaching all of our creativity here um, from New Orleans. And so we need to, to, to curb that. And that really was the very beginnings of how Gnome um, came about. From there, we connected with um, a global music firm called Sound Diplomacy to really help us um, analyze our music e ecosystem here map out the infrastructure and assets that we have, map out the assets that we don't have, and try to find a common ground and a strategy to really go after those things, um, all in a very simultaneous way. And so that strategy, um, that full strategy that you can find at nolamusic.biz um, really maps out um, the key points of that strategy. And they're focused on policy enhancements, on business development, that's the attraction side, and also the growth and retention side, um, and marketing the assets that we do have, not only just assets showing the world what we have here, but encouraging music business professionals to invest in the greater New Orleans area. And so here we are um, today um, with this very, very robust program where we are collaborating and partnering with music business professionals, artists from every walk of life across greater New Orleans. And so um, one of our biggest challenges, I think, um, from on the heels of the pandemic um, is kind of picking up where we left off to continue these conversations and continue to let folks know that, um, you know, that while the, we went through something that is unique, that we may not ever go through again uh, in our lifetimes, we are still here, we are still resilient, and now more than ever, our community is more invested um, in this robust music ecosystem here. That's where we are. Mm -hmm. And uh, thank you. That 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 helps immensely in understanding what you're doing, and 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 it also absolutely outlines the breadth of what what you've got going there and and that's a huge 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 undertaking so mm -hmm. thank you uh and and in in terms of new programs raj i understand that you've got a program that that you've started during this pandemic you want to share about that yeah so um in 2019 when we were doing the the gnome round tables um uh, and bringing different people from the community together uh, from those conversations, a lot of different relationships started up. And uh, some of those relationships with the people that I was working with, uh, you know, we realized we kind of had a lot of shared vision and that developed into a little bit of a brain trust to where, you know, we would, you know, uh, consult with each other and get input on stuff it is we were working on. And then when the quarantine hit, and we all kind of had to pivot, uh, that brain trust kind of started to solidify. And me and my, uh, my partner, Lou Hill, he has a company called Moonrise Entertainment. And he's been, uh, you know, doing, a, he has a band called Waterseed. They do a lot of live touring and events and stuff. And he's also done like uh, marketing and promotions for some of the local labels. And, you know, I have a background in, you know, kind of just about everything. <laughs> I've, 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 I've dipped my toe in the pool and I have people that work with me that, you know, do uh, marketing and, you know, writers and PR um, and kind of like naturally we just coalesced into uh, a new organization um, which, you know, became Genrise, which is the Gentilly Agency and Moonrise. We kind of put that together and that's where we got the name from. So 
it is definitely allowed us to operate at a, a, a higher level of productivity because uh, I don't have to do everything myself anymore. Like that's kind of like been New Orleans, you know, the, the, the mantra of the artist entrepreneur, they feel like they have to do everything themselves because they don't know who else is out here in the scene and in the community that is uh, supplying and giving that support in these different areas that they need expertise in. So, um, you know, I, I think that's one of the, the the biggest things I've been campaigning for on the ground level with artists is letting folks know like, hey, like you're not in this alone. Like we have a whole lot of other people that um, we can connect with that can help you take what you're doing to the whole next level. Like, uh, you know, I, I, I always bring up the, the, the fable of the stone soup. I don't know how many of y'all it, it, uh, heard that story, you know, when y'all was in elementary school, but, you know, the guy walks into town and everybody in town is starving. It's like, hey, let's make some stone soup. And, you know, he just puts the, 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 the fake magic rock in, in the pot and then everybody comes and contributes what they have to the meal and then all of a sudden everybody's stomach is full. And I kind of look at that as a, a great parable for what we have here in the city of New Orleans, that if, if everybody in our industry comes and contributes what they have to the pot, everyone will be able to eat. And we can get away from the, the gig economy, which has kind of leaned on the tourism economy and people having their minds that, you know, it, it's kind of, I have to trade my time for my income as opposed to let's put our ideas together and let our ideas generate this revenue through the intellectual property. And then we can, you know, take our time and, and value time and do other stuff with it. And also, you know, with, with revenue comes opportunity for new investment um, and other businesses which supply jobs. It turns into more taxable income for the city and for the state, which means more programs for education, for, you know, health and, and uh, hospitals. And, you know, we need more help and uh, education on science and, and stuff uh, with everything we've been dealing with with the pandemic. So there's just there, there's a whole bunch of positive things that come out of the work it is that we're doing in, in trying to uh generate more revenue for the artists that we have here in the city and the businesses. Mm. Well, that's, that is so great that you've undertaken this and, and, and best wishes and, and you're, you're the right person to be leading this. So thank you. Well, as we sort of start closing out, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about that topic again. I said earlier, we want to come back to it, read government policy and I know Raj, you mentioned the mayor's initiative and in, in supporting the streaming, but but what what has your community level government done to boost music in in twenty twenty and and what what are they have in motion for twenty twenty one and beyond? So so what is the government doing? And Reed, do you want to talk about? I, I know you spent some time on Advo advocacy day. <laughs> excuse me there. Uh, <laughs> Uh, working towards some of the initiatives that uh, you all are looking for? Yeah. So 
I mean, me personally, most of my efforts are at the state level uh, when it comes to um, the public policy and advocacy work. And luckily, one of the big pillars of the Recording Academy is to do public policy and, and advocacy work. And the bulk of that work is done at the federal level through our Washington, D.C. office. And, you know, that's everything from making sure that the Music Modernization Act got passed. This year, we're working on three initiatives. Um, but, you know, Louisiana is one of the few states where they've really allowed us to, uh, and it's probably because of the 15 years plus of history that we've already had some state engagement in music industry development. So they let me really start running with it about six or seven years ago. And uh, we started doing an annual music advocacy day. So we invite members from all over. I usually get one of our Grammy winners and nominees to come sing the national anthem. It, you know, we go meet with our Congress, you know, not Congress, but our house and state representatives uh, where I try to bring the music community to, to Baton Rouge and actually come to the state capitol. So, you know, we've had everybody this past year, we had Tank from Tank and the Bangers who were nominated, you know, first artist ever from New Orleans to be nominated for uh, best new artist in the Grammys last year. You know, she came in and sang the national anthem, gets everybody's attention. We have an opportunity to meet with folks. And as I briefly touched on earlier, we uh, passed a, a, a revision to that, that quality music company law that, you know, we passed it originally in 2017 and it needed some tweaks to really make it usable to the full extent. And we were able to get that passed this year. Uh, so I think from a state level, um, you know, we have a fairly new legislator, legislature, leg, a whole set, can you talk? A whole set of legislators <laughs> um, who are way more interested in music than maybe some of the ones who are no longer in the legislature, which is a good thing. Um, at the city level, I haven't been as active, but I do know many people who have been. And, um, you know, there's, I'm trying to think of how the best way to describe it. I mean, I think that there's a lot of awareness of how important music is at the city level. I think that um, there's a lot of work to be done. Um, as Rachel mentioned earlier about the hub of activity, I mean, I've had some strategic meetings with um, the economic development department at the city who believes in that as well. They know that the city has a lot of assets that they're sitting on. They're actually supposed to be releasing some report any day now that I haven't seen yet, but I was told it's coming out. That will address how the city can actually uh, take some action to move this ball forward. Uh, when Rachel mentioned the sound they diplomacy that um, pretty well. study that we did a while back, they actually had, I think, 39 different recommendations in their, in their um, study, and a handful of them were things that the city could do. And while GNO Inc. And, and our team on the Gnome will be cheerleaders for that, it's really action items that the city needs to take on, as well as there's action items for higher ed, some that we're already engaged with with the higher ed community. Um, so, you know, I think the there's a lot of work still left to be done with public policy at the city level. Um, I really am hopeful that, um, you know, the mayor and the city council, especially uh, an election season coming up, that we can actually have some more visibility in making sure that music friendly policy is something that they'll support as they get either elected or reelected. Um, I know a couple of the city council people that are running have been supportive at the state level when they were in the state Senate. So I'm hoping that we can continue the, um, I don't want to say twist their arms, but, you know, continue to advocate that they'll 
take that same support of the music industry into uh, their office if they do get elected at the city council level. Um, but, uh, you know, tying it all up, you know, I think it's a combination of all these things, you know, of the opportunities that present themselves, like what Raj and Lou are doing with Genrise. You know, we've already seen some successes of music-oriented companies move here, some directly because of Gnome, some for longer term, because a number of us, as Rachel mentioned earlier, have been working on this for years and trying to get different companies to think about New Orleans as a place to open up or expand or relocate to. So we've seen some successes. We've already had a couple of misses, which is naturally going to happen. But I think that um, as we come out of the pandemic, the opportunity to really start doing some real marketing of what we have here, and that's coming up soon. Rachel's coming to Nashville with me, and we're actually doing a Music Cities panel at Americana in a couple of weeks or a month, and we're going to do some outreach while we're there. Uh, you know, so I think that those kind of opportunities are on the horizon, and that there's a lot of uh, a lot of potential for making those you know taking those steps and and going in the right direction. All right, thank I don't you. I don't know if that answered your question or not, but oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> thank you, Reed and Raj. Rachel, anything to add? I'll defer to Raj. All right. Yeah, the, I do too. And the only thing that I would add to that um, is really looking at things um, in terms of what government is doing um, in 2021 and going into 2022. Um, we're re really looking at things from two different verticals or two different perspectives, right? One is picking up where we left off and making sure um, that we are able to continue our work in business development, that we're able to continue our work in marketing New Orleans and Louisiana as a place to invest, but also this again, renewed urgency and getting back to some sense of normalcy when we talk about festival season and the gig economy, um, you know, there are things that we absolutely have to um, start some momentum around um, as well. And so the city of New Orleans in particular has been doing a really great job in looking at restarting these festivals. When we think about French Quarter Festival and Jazz Festival and even smaller festivals like Wednesdays at the Square, which is put on by the Young Leadership Council here, all of those things are incredibly important to restarting our music community here in the New Orleans area. So all of that long-term, really hard work, in addition to all of the stuff that we do very, very well, all has to move simultaneously at the same time in 2021 and 2022. So as Raj was saying earlier, it takes a village. It takes every single one of us um, to really work on these things, to push them through at the same time, to make 2021 a success and a 2022 a very optimistic um, time for us to continue those successes. So. And we will see those successes. I'm optimistic. After talking with you all, I, I'm I'm extremely confident. But Reed, Raj, Rachel, and and I, listeners and viewers, I promise our qualification wasn't that you had to have an R at the beginning of your name, but it it, it flows so well. Reed, Raj, Rachel, thank you so much for being here today for this conversation. New Orleans has proved to be resilient in the past. And our conversation today clearly indicates that it's it, these leaders are working toward building a bigger and better music ecosystem as we come out of this pandemic. And so I very much appreciate you all being here. That concludes our conversation today. Thank you for checking out this edition of Amplify Music Communities. Learn more by going to amplifymusic.org slash communities, where you can subscribe to our podcast feed for more episodes. 
thanks for listening. You have found one of our adventures now in the Marimel Podcast Network. You can find our shows everywhere that you listen to podcasts. We've got Amplify Music Conversations from the Amplify Music Conferences during the pandemic, Creative Innovators, and now Innovating Music. If you're interested in following up with us in any of these shows, please reach out on our websites, and you can find those in the show notes.